Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Broadway Breakdown. Tradish OG Classic. Uh, I am one half of your hosts, Matt Koplik. And I'm the other half of your host, John Wiscavage. And yes, if we sound frustrated or <laughs> or kind of like um, we're reciting a prepared speech for the next couple of minutes, it's because um, since this is Asterix quarantined a ridge version of Broadway Breakdown where we are recording over Skype, we it it wouldn't be home without a technical difficulty. You know what I mean? It it, it would yeah. it, it would In truth, John, we have recorded so many episodes without technical difficulties. It would be I like we were tempting fate. It was bound yeah. to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this this now feels right. This feels correct. <laughs> like we just recorded 10 minutes of what I thought was actually very hysterical and charming banter that you, our listener, will never hear, but just have to take our never. word that it was great. <laughs> it's like a long lost Sondheim score. We'll never hear it and you'll never know what you missed out on. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. Uh, it, it's all good. It wasn't that long. It was about, I would say, it was a little less than 10 minutes, but it's definitely a chunk of time that was I, worthwhile. I have no concept of time. I didn't have a concept of time before this, before we were locked into dark rooms and told to like <laughs> sit in the dark for, for months until shoulder shrug. Um, you know, <laughs> until shoulder shrug, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Here we, here we but are. you know what? So, why let's 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 do a brief recap of where we were at. John had a healthy breakfast this morning. I had a healthy um, breakfast of therapy and um and an apple and peanut butter because I've I've been wanting to start my day with fiber and protein. Um and so I haven't lovely. I haven't been super hungry in the mornings, so those that tends to be my breakfast. But yes, the the special edition of therapy today was very helpful. Um and then mm. I watched Will and Grace, um, which I've been rewatching the Ridge. And I was saying, I was telling Matthew um, that my hopes 
for oh, over the 30 oh, years of my life, I've rewatched this series so many times and hope that subconsciously all that amazing, brilliant comedic timing will just seep into my little brain nooks and crannies and so that I will just be a walking banter machine and never missing a beat. So funny, mm. a little bit drunk, a lot of bit gay. <laughs> Um, maybe a little bit Jewish. I was gonna say maybe anti-Semitic. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Who knows? And I know you, the listener, just heard all of that and went. So, John, when is that happening? Uh, the, but this, you know, the what? joke is still funny the second time around, folks. In case you were worried, I, I laughed this yeah. time like I did the first time. <laughs> exactly. We are hopeful, John, that any day now it'll sink in and you will be that person. Uh, we we wait with bated breath. Bated. Bated. Baited. 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 Straight baited breath. Um, Master baited. And then John graciously asked how I was doing, and that is when the trouble started. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You started talking about you, and I was like, "Mm, I have problems. I was like, Yeah, John's like, oh, my my recorder stopped recording because it didn't want to hear anything about your life. But Matt Matt actually has some very shocking news to share. Um, Yes, yes, absolutely. Cue hysteria from Night in the Piazza. (laughs) Yeah. Or cue, like... um, Ooh, like cue the entrance music from Mean Girls for the Plastics. It's because it's very dramatic and like uh, electric guitar-y. Yes, you know I, what I'm talking about. I have the slight, Ba-da. I have the slightest inkling of what you're talking about. Or um, what about uh, cue the Avenue? The Avenue? Yeah, you know we were like cue this, cue that, cue Mean Girls, cue the Avenue, or as I call it, Avenue Q. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I I think I'm more upset of how long it took me to understand where you were coming from. I am too. Yeah, it definitely wasn't my joke telling skills because that was solid. That that was all. Keep I... watching some more Will and Grace, babe, because <laughs> it's seeping. It's, it's seeping. It's seeping slowly but surely. Um, listeners, since John and I last recorded about uh two and a half weeks ago. I am 99% sure that I had the coronavirus. Dun, dun, uh, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's really, there's no way of knowing right now, only because in our country, in our disastrous country. Jury's we, still out on science. <laughs> yeah. Also, you can really, in New York anyway, they really only give you a test for mm, yes. corona if you are in the hospital and can't breathe like whatsoever or you know if you have some semblance of money and celebrity apparently yeah or a tiger uh, or a tiger at the zoo or a tiger uh so i was not tested so it's not confirmed but many of my symptoms line up with classic cases of covid mm, so the orridge not a uh, revival it's not a revival it's the orridge um basically i started my roommate had gotten sick and honestly, this started like the day after you and I recorded, John. My roommate got sick, mm. and then I got sick two days later with a light cough, and then fever and aches for about two to three days. And then I had about a day or two where I felt like a real boy and normal as hell. What? And then, slowly but surely, my taste and smell went away. Uh, and I had a really great joke last time about finally being someone with no taste. Uh, but it doesn't work as well right now because it's... It's forced. Yeah, no, um, it, it was. It, yeah, you had you had to be there. It it, 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 yeah. did, it did, I will give you credit where credit is due. It flowed freely. I was genuinely tickled and disgusted by it, which is what I 
hope to experience when I record with you. I hope to experience yeah, I was say, that, that sounds pretty that, regular. I was gonna say, yeah, that lovely um that lovely recipe that gives us this half baked Broadway breakdown. <laughs> Yeah, that, that it gives us our rapport. It gives us our chemistry. You know, yes, our poor, it's, it's, our poor it's truly rapport. what makes us. Yeah, it's what makes us our our whore in a way. Mm. So it makes us the Trixie and Katya of the Broadway podcasting world. Yes, just because you um, have a very loud laugh and I'm a meth. Yes. Um. Actually, wait. Uh. Side note. Do you know that Trixie's documentary is on Netflix right now? I saw it. I have not watched it. Um. Have you watched it? I did watch it. It is wonderful. Oh, it's good to know. It's surprisingly somber. Yeah, you're the first person I know who's actually watched it. So that's the main reason why I haven't watched it, just because I'm I'm a word or mouth type of person. Like if I if I don't if I don't know what's 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 up with something, I need someone to tell me that's a toot, that's a boot. <laughs> and so I that's a toot, that's a boot. So I hadn't heard either which way yet. So all right, I'll give mm-hmm. it a chance. But um yeah. but yes, you 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 for the first time, um, you know, had to experience what it was like having no taste. Oh, I remembered exactly. my joke. And my joke, which was, I mean, we both laughed for, I'd say, nigh 15 minutes at it alone, was I should have mm. smelled that one coming. See, yes, you guys, I actually am starting to think that maybe us just retelling our jokes <laughs> is is better than is, anything we've ever recorded. Yeah, is, is, better th- is better than us even attempting a joke. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say, I think that was the joke that broke your equipment the first time. So yes, it was the joke. That I think I think we're we're doing okay. The joke um, that broke. The um, joke that broke. Yes, um, I'm used to having such wonderful taste, as yes. our dear listeners know. So to have no taste whatsoever was um, was a shock. Um, the moment I knew I lost my taste was I started liking Finding Neverland. Uh, oh, but um. Uh. I know. I'm finding Neverland burn count like three million. I mean, just Clara Johnson talk about beating a dead horse. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. cute. Um, And if you don't get either of those references, guys, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Go listen to like a sports podcast. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You get the fuck out of here with your no Lennon Piazza knowledge ass. You listen to Um, me. You listen to me, boy. Uh, yeah, that's basically just the end of it. Was uh, I wasn't sure if I actually had it, and then I could not smell or taste for about a week. And and, and we had discussed. Or, and was sorry, your was your nose stuffy? Yeah. So the way I best describe it, I don't describe it as nasal congestion, but more like nasal pressure. Oh. Um, because I didn't really have anything up there. Well, it you felt, never do. It, well, thanks to thanks to cocaina. My nasal passages are, you know, wide open and nothing can, you know, get stuck up there anymore. America's favorite soft drink. Cocaina. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, but if it sort of felt like um, when you get water up your nose. You oh, know? oh, that's someone like if you were to do a neti pot or like you're swimming and water gets stuck up your nose. That's sort of what it felt like. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never swam in water, but as a singer, I neti pot um, almost every 15 mm-hmm. minutes. So yeah, no, because well, you, yeah, who who does? Yeah. Wait, what were you gonna say? I, I was just gonna say who who doesn't love a nose douche? <laughs> <laughs> who 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say John has never done any cocaine, so he has to neti pot every fifteen I, minutes. Well, actually, I I'm such a I'm such a fucking nerd. I can't neti pot um, because of the way that my nasal cavities. Um, I, I have a deviated septum that moves around. I know I've talked about it so many times on this podcast in previous episodes. I don't expect any of you to remember though, because it's so it's such a stupid thing to remember. But I know that I've mentioned it. Um, but because of that, if I neti pot. The like uh, cartilage that is loose up there sometimes traps the water, and I actually will I I get um, sinus infections when I neti pot, which was a really oh, wow. which was a really fun double edged sword that kept happening in college because I would start getting sinus congestion, I would neti pot. I would get a sinus infection. I would keep neti potting, thus making the sinus infection worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually, I'm I'm so cool that I can't even neti pot. I'm envious of kids who can neti pot. <laughs> that is what we call irony, people. Yes. Um, it's like how reading a book turns you illiterate. It's like but... neti pots when you have a deviated septum. It's a song. That is the... Act one song from the current Broadway musical, Jagad Little Peel. <laughs> JLP. Jeppel from Jeppel. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all there really is to it, guys. I couldn't smell or taste for about seven days. And the whole thing with the smelling was because, like, there was, it felt like something was blocking my, my nose and, and blocking passage to my brain to get scent. Mm. And then eventually it went away. Mm. Uh very slowly it came back my mom loved to remind me every day as my taste buds were slowly coming back to not eat anything too spicy uh because it would burn off my taste buds because when you taste very strong because basically it's like you could taste very strong flavors only mildly Mm. so there is uh an impulse to overdo go for the most bold flavors you can find just just for the chance to taste something yeah, now that I'm looking back on, on it, I've definitely burned off my taste buds before. I never realized it, that that's what I had done. But I was like, huh, why do my taste buds hurt? <laughs> mm, yeah. No, my, uh, and to be fair to my mother, she actually had done that to herself about 10 or 15 years ago. The Altoids used to have a gum that was cinnamon flavored. And it was yes, my basically mom loved like a red that hot. Gum. Oh. Yeah, it, my mom loved that gum so much. Uh, and she chewed it all the time. And all of a sudden, like three months later, she realized we were were at a restaurant and she was putting salt on literally everything. And she goes, this can't be like, you know, real. You know, not every place I go to has to have flavorless food. Like something's going on. So she went to the doctor and like, yeah, you burned your taste buds with this gum. You need to stop chewing this gum now and your taste buds will grow back over time, uh, which is what happened. But yeah, you can absolutely burn your taste buds from uh, too much spicy stuff. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't science interesting? Yeah, I really wish more people believed in it. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I really, I really do. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Let's let's go into um, how we've been uh, distracting ourselves during this quarantine. We already discussed yes. how John's been watching Will and Grace. Yes. Uh, Any? Oh, you actually, John. You took my advice and you watched Sex Education. Oh my god, I, I completely forgot that I binged it so much and since, since the last time that we talked. I loved it so much. I I truly take back everything I've ever said about you and your taste. Um, no. 
You only I, take back like 30%. I know you've never heard what I've said about you and your taste because I only say it behind your back, but believe me, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. No, um, it, what, a, what a fun show with so many fantastic performances and just some really fun writing and just um, not afraid to go there with a lot of really interesting kind of be it sexually taboo or um, uh, it's a show that presses the envelope. Is that the phrase? Presses the envelope? Seals? Pushes the envelope. Pushes. You push an envelope. Uh, It's a show that like, (laughs) it's a show that push. Ah, here's what I'll say. It's a show that pushes the envelope that doesn't feel like it's pressing the envelope. It does not feel heavy handed, although it is very much about the topic of sex. Like it does it in such a fun um interesting manner with all these different levels of experiences and fluidity and um yeah and openness that it's it's just really enjoyable and um i mean i love me a a a, a gay storyline on a teen drama that has some elements of surprise and yeah. and this has this has a few gay storylines. It has multiple gay storylines, so it it truly is so enjoyable. Jillian uh, mm. Anderson is just a, a treat, a delight. She, I I was not is. I was not familiar with her work because um, I never watched the X Files because um, I'm not a virgin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, no one's buying that. I know. I, lo- I also love how every episode we go from the extremes of like we're either um, cum dripping whores or like uh, just like n- never never even seen a peen um, virgin exactly <laughs> like <laughs> never seen a peen or a hole in my life because I no one will touch me yeah but uh, but I've learned a lot about sex from watching sex sex education now and I can't wait to try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, though, same. I think so, you mentioned how it it pushes the envelope, but it doesn't feel pressing. It doesn't feel heavy handed. Yeah, and I think that's that's so accurate. And I think part of the reason because I've now watched it twice. Mm. I I rewatched it while I was sort of feeling super achy, and I wanted something to take my mind off of it. Yeah, and there's absolutely no judgment or really any kind of opinion on any of the sexual storylines, other than just honesty if that makes yes, sense com- and, and and a great deal of openness mm-hmm. and that is with sexual fluidity uh pansexuality asexuality homosexuality heterosexuality different kind of fetishes or kinks or whatnot like there's no the show itself has no opinion or judgment on any of those things some of the characters do but that yes. also comes from the fact that 90% of the characters are teenagers and the other 10% are mostly sexually repressed and they're mm-hmm. all British. So mm. it's, you know, there's a, a sense of politeness and, and oppression from that. Completely. But the show also kind of has this element to it where it sort of feels fantastical in a way. For sure. Uh, yeah. And I think it's because the show technically takes place in current times because the technology is all modern mm-hmm. but a, the soundtrack is very 80s it's meant to evoke a lot of the john hughes films yes. so there's this sense that the show sort of takes place everywhere and nowhere in a specific set of time but in all eras of time and it yeah. allows it to kind of just free ball and i really love that about it yeah the, the the thing that i was trying to explain it to adam the the other day one of the reasons why i just couldn't stop watching it was because it without a doubt 
almost every episode has something that you've seen in a television show about teens and sexuality before. Like, such, like, typical tropes as, like, the high school dance, you know? Like, yeah. all, 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 the big swim meet. All these really big kind of um, entities that that have been just overused and overwrought. And, oh, my gosh, we've seen Stay by the Bell. We've seen blah, 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 mm-hmm. Boy Meets World. All these kind of shows um, have done these same storylines, but there's something so fresh and exciting, but like you were saying, familiar about them that it, um, I mean, the season two finale, I don't want to give too much away, but like as soon as they said what it was and like it became clear that that was going to be like an overarching theme of like, all right, it's time for the high school musical and we're doing a musical version of Romeo and Juliet, which already exists. It's West Side Story. But in this world, they have to make it... West Side Story? Never heard of it. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But, um... You know, it, it's it, like that's the most typical thing that a TV show could pick to make their high school musical about without like having to like show, you know, break copyright yeah. laws. But they do yeah. it. In Especially a show that's about romance and sexuality, like yes. to pick Romeo and Juliet is very on the nose. Yes, exactly. And so it's it's so it's, it's so much fun. I truly I, I will definitely rewatch it at some point again, too, because I. I binged it in two days. I uh, and each mm. there are eight episodes each season, and each episode's about an hour and or you know give or take. And so like I mean I I truly did like nothing for two days, and I was just I was glued to the TV. I mm. lo- I loved it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I finally uh, listened I was- to something you said. Finally, uh, another thing that I really like about the show because I I turned my dad onto it as well. He's been watching it with his girlfriend in quarantine, and mm. when he was watching it, he would report back to me, and we would discuss. Um, and I like I also don't want to give too much away about the show for any listeners out there who haven't watched it yet and would like to. Uh, something I appreciate about the show is that it doesn't believe in full blown villains. Yes. Which, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, without giving too much away, ca- there are, there are some characters in the first season that you think of as the bad guy mm-hmm. or the bully or the villain, and the show works really hard to explore why those people act and say what they do, mm. and offers a few of them uh, opportunities for redemption, which a lot of them do. And there is a character in season two. He's on both seasons but he becomes the major villain in in season two in a way and my dad was very upset that this character didn't get like a major takedown at the end like he only got sort of knocked down a couple of pegs Mm. and i said well and i said to him well this show doesn't believe in annihilating people it believes in offering everyone a chance to change and Mm. one of the major themes of the show is toxic masculinity and how it can negatively affect people yes uh in in our modern society and you see one character work through it and come out the other end with a chance for happiness and another character will eventually get that opportunity but in order for us as the audience to buy it we can't paint that character so 100% a Disney villain, there has to be complexities there. Everyone has facets to them, you know? No one is 100% anything. Yeah, um, that's true. And so I, I, that's something that I love that the show does. Well, I mean, I'm 100% gorgeous, but... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> GG gorgeous, you. But um, but yeah, it's what, what a great show, it, you know, as we're yeah. all looking for things to do right now. I feel like also, I mean... 
there's a lot in the show that appeals to people who love musical theater. There's a whole episode where they're supposed to go to a performance of Hedwig and the Angry It. Or not a performance, to a screening mm-hmm. of Hedwig. Yeah. A screening, yeah. And so two of the main characters are dressed as Hedwig for the whole episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's they know their audience. They know us well. And they spin a charming and enjoyable and cathartic and truly funny yarn right in front of our eyes and i'm i'm i mean the the second season was just released and i was literally already googling like when does the third season (laughs) i know when does the third season come out i don't care i don't care if it all hiatus i don't care if it all happens over zoom (laughs) yeah which we just want it um and i will say uh speaking of like you said cathartic and i think that's really important and also this the comedic elements of the show but um the show does not treat its characters wait sorry one second can you hear uh like a basketball bouncing behind me not at all oh fantastic it may end up getting picked up on the on the microphone i don't know (laughs) my bedroom is next to uh the like courtyard alleyway of my building and we have some kids who live on the first floor and they set up a basketball court and so they play basketball every day and it just it echoes throughout I'm just honestly impressed you know what a basketball is. I mean, I've watched High School Musical and uh, I saw Lisa Strata Jones. There so it they is. talk about they talk about basketball that way. That's why you um, had to research it from there. Okay, got it. I did. But um on the show, uh you know, my some, again, my dad was really into the show. He loves Maeve. Maeve is his favorite character. Oh, I love Maeve too. Uh, he, he famously said to me, I just want Maeve to be happy, but if she's happy then she's no longer Maeve. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's very true. He also loves um, Orla, who he calls <gasps> Ola because he doesn't realize there's an R in her name because they're British. The, it, she, they, they call her o- Ola. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think there is an R. It's o- O-L-A. No, it, it's, it's o, no, it's O-R-L-A, I believe. I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, you can check IMDb if you want. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Orla. Uh, but he was saying how he wanted you know both of them to be happy, and I said this show is very good to its characters. It doesn't. It yeah, doesn't believe you, you, in you sort sh- of. You shamed your dad for no reason. It's O L A. No way. Positive. Then they need to work on their accent work because it sounded like there was an R in there. I think they. I think it's just pronounced Allah, like like because they say oh, like. But their version of ah, I hear why you would think this. Like it makes sense to me, but I knew that it was Ola. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why. I think I looked up the actress why? because I love her. Um, yeah, she is great. They're all great. Yeah. Um, but and the, he was. But so right. I was telling him the show is very good to its characters. It doesn't believe in misery porn, mm. which a lot of dramas do with its characters, where they just make them go through the ringer. And I'm, I just started watching Grey's Anatomy from the very beginning on Netflix because oh I used to watch the show and love it. And then I stopped because it got too ridiculous. And I'm reminded watching the earlier seasons how good the show used to be about balancing comedy and drama and giving its characters just the right amount of misery before giving them something good to go off of. Because you can't just have your characters go through the ringer for you know 10 to 20 episodes in a row. That just becomes unbearable to watch. Yeah, honestly... It, it's uh it's tough (laughs) 
like no, i mean especially right now with everything that's happening like you don't want to see people be miserable yeah it, for you know, 20 hours a day you want it you need some lightness which is why i also highly recommend everybody if you have a disney plus account to watch yourself a like classic disney film from time to time uh yeah. even if the logic of it doesn't make a whole ton of sense you get swept up in the fantasy like the logic of cinderella don't make no sense but like goddamn, does that movie sweep you up yeah i um I haven't watched it yet, but they also just put on the new Pixar movie that was, like, just out. Um, what's it called? Right, yeah. Out- Onward. Onward. I was going to say Outward. <laughs> Outward. Outward. Onward bound. Outward. Yes. I understand it's quite good. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. I-, I actually haven't watched a classic Disney movie in a little... Oh, that's a lie. I watched Hercules a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, that's pretty classic. I'm, yeah. like, I'm talking, like... From the 50s and 60s, though, where oh, it's like they, there's not a lot of self. I've watched, uh, watched one of those in a long time. Yeah. There's like no meta commentary. It's just like pure fantasy film. What's your uh, favorite one of those? Honestly, probably Snow White. I, I, I spent a good, I spent a good deal of time of watching a lot of the older classic ones from Snow White up until like uh, Jungle Book. Mm. And. I mean, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty are both, you know, very delightful. But Snow White, I think because it, it's not afraid to go dark sometimes, it and has some sense of adventure. And, I mean, like a lot of classic Disney films, the last five minutes sort of wrap up everything in such a hurried way that you're like, wait a second, mm. I have I have questions. But you get swept up in the fantasy, fantasy so easily in Snow White that you're, you know, it's, it's easy to let go of those questions. That's so funny. Literally, Snow White, you could not get me to sit still to watch it when I was a kid. I hated it. That was the one, for some reason, that I, I just I couldn't get through. Um, that was me and Dumbo. I could never oh, sit through Dumbo. Dum- Dumbo was tough for me, too. Dum- Dumbo, yeah. I never did well with anything with animals, especially. <laughs> like, yeah. like sad animals. Like I, I, Yeah, I, Dumbo, Bambi, Fox and the Hound. Oh, um, though, Fox and the Hound. I mean, that's like... Um, that's sadness porn. Like that. Like I, that's that's why I watched that was in college, and I don't think I like d- stopped crying for three days afterwards. I was like, "In the box and a hand, and they're so sad, and the best friends, and they're all gonna die." Like it. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I I've I cried a few. I've cried a few times watching Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Well, I mean, what season are you on now in Grey's Anatomy? I just started season three yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that show just gets, it just becomes like a dirge. Like, it's just like, it, yeah. it's just so, it just gets so sad. I, I could only do the first yeah. couple seasons, and then I was like, mm, bite. Yeah, there, it's still in that sweet spot where, like, there is, like, there are sad moments, um, and then, but they all, but they are still very good about having the banter and having light moments. There are some cases that are, uh, like, dark and depressing, and then other cases that are humorous because they're just, like, so random. Mm. Uh, I just watched an episode where Faith Prince plays a divorced woman who continually has sex with her ex-husband, mm. and he got a piercing on his penis, and it got hooked on her um, IUD. <gasps> and so, like, they get wheeled into the hospital with her mounting him. Oh, my So that would be God. one of the dramatic storylines. Yeah, 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 of course. Wow. Yeah, because we've all been there. Well, yeah, uh, I mean... But... Yeah, it, it'll eventually get to a point where I will I will stop watching it because I did the first time. But as of right now, it's like a nice memory of when the show was light and it was good. Um, and part of the reason why I actually started doing it was because to get on topic with Broadway for a second. What? I don't know if you've noticed on YouTube, but there's been 
a massive outpouring of bootlegs lately on YouTube. I have noticed, yes. Yeah. And one of the ones that I found was, it's actually not even a recent posting, but through that, like through going the rabbit hole, I found a bootleg of Spamalot. Oh, yeah. Of the original cast of Spamalot. And I was reminded of just how amazing Sarah Ramirez was in that show, which reminded me that she used to be on Grey's Anatomy. And so I then just started watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning. Um, I, I was rewatching because um, I was in callbacks for a production of Spamalot just a couple weeks ago. And so I was actually rewatching a lot of the bootleg clips of it just to kind of like remember the style and get a sense of like mm-hmm. the rhythm of everything. And I ended up watching so many more numbers than I needed to because I was I just forgot how enjoyable that musical is. I love that. Yeah, show. I mean, I saw I saw it with the entire original company, Ugh. and I remember enjoying myself immensely. And I'm a big fan of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. so I like that show was made for me. But I. I remember after I saw it, like, I enjoyed it. And that was, like, the big hit that year. That was the show oh, that yeah. I was trying to go see. But it didn't stay with me for very long. I Because I had seen Light in the Piazza and Spelling Bee around the same time. And those shows lasted much longer in my brain. Mm. And rewatching the bootleg, I was reminded that it is a very delightful show. But it, it definitely reminded me of just how talented she is and how good yeah. she was in that show. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the material that her character, the Lady of the Lake, has, I would not rightfully say is quality. Like, it's not it's not foolproof. Like, Diva's Lament is not a song that automatically stops the show. No. But the way she... First of all, her voice is insane. But oh, her gosh, voice, voice. The, the voice and her comedic timing and just her... The way she sort of hit everything. You know that she's watched a whole bunch of Will and Grace, John, because her comedic timing in that song is is on fleek yeah but it is. yeah but it's, yeah just watching her do that number it's like that is taking a, pr- a decent musical comedy song and just making it epic yeah i yeah. highly recommend people go and watch it yeah I, I i used to watch that tony performance of her singing that song all the time heard that, oh God, mm. that i mean just such a throaty full chesty belt that is just, oh yeah oh so good and a, yeah, and just like, and it's a very versatile voice, like because it mm. has that throaty chest belt, but she can also make it light and pretty, oh, and so make pretty. it operatic and Mariah Carey pure. It's just, it's what she could do with. I don't know what her singing is like now because she's been doing TV for so long, but back well, she, in her Spamalot days, well, she's queer, and when you're queer, your 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 senses and your talents are heightened. That's a proven fact. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Uh, so she can never truly lose it. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's um, she's a star. She is a star. Uh, the someone also posted a full video of Patty Lapone and Evita, which was <gasps> like, is oh, that, has that ever it, has that ever been done before? <laughs> <laughs> well, like there are clips. There, like I know, there are I've, clips I've have been seen, around forever. Yeah, but I've this is the first time I've ever seen like a full video posted. I've um, never seen Evita ever. Uh, well, I don't know if this video will do it justice for you then, because it's it's a little later in the run, and it's 1980, so like it's yeah. black and white. It doesn't capture everything. Sure, uh, it's blurry. Yeah, it's, but it's like not folk. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you're just if you're if you play it just to like listen to it to listen to the singing, uh, it's not Mandy Patinkin. I don't know who the Che is, and he's only kind of okay. Mm. But my God, Patty's singing in that video is like it gives you so much hope in this time of darkness like love that because she, 
she sounds so incredible and i know she's gone on record to say that she's had so many vocal problems with that score and like i don't know who hasn't but yeah. she just sounds so incredible and it's wonderful i can send it your way if you if you would like yes please do i would love yeah. that okay great we're, yeah. we're, we're in time uh, we're in times of trouble i think it's okay to have opinions on bootlegs other times but like right now just watch the fucking bootleg <laughs> Yeah, just do it. It's, you know, Broadway is not happening at the moment. Just enjoy it. Yeah. And on a moral level, yes, I would like it if these actors could be compensated for their work for these things getting shown. But a lot of these bootlegs aren't, you know, people aren't getting revenue from them. It's Right. A lot of them are shows, that, to shows them. that are closed. Like, I actually started, yeah. I started watching, but I ended up, it, the quality wasn't as good as I had been hoping and so I, I, I gave it up but I, I still have the tab up because I was like one day I'll just watch this because I wanted to relive it because now it's been so many years since I saw it but there's a bootleg of um, the Broadway production of Peter and the Starcatcher and I loved that show so Ooh. much and I actually only ever saw it off Broadway and I know that they I don't even know if they changed anything at all but that that performance of Christian Borles sticks with me mm. and I really wanted to see it um yeah, there, there's there's been there's been a lot of shows that I think have probably been on here for a long time, but it's just a lot more accessible. Um, yeah, to to find or people are posting them under not so hard to find names. I do I exactly. I do love the creative names that they come up with for the bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Um, what was um, what were some of my favorites? Hold on, I'm gonna look them up. So this this the one for this playlist is called definitely not bootlegs. Oh, I need to find that playlist then. Because uh, the Avita one, the title is like the story of that Argentine leader. And uh, I found one. A lot of times it's like slime tutorial or like definitely not Mean Girls, Erica Henningsen's last show. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of those. This one, I don't think I even saw, but it might be my new favorite. Um, there's a production. There's a bootleg of Legally Blonde. And the title is Reverse Racism, the musical. <laughs> reverse racism (laughs) that's amazing oh my god that's so good um there's one there's one for a waitress that's called battered woman bakes pies yes i i saw that one oh this one Mm -hmm. has this one this one has a lot of the um actual the actual names oh i do like um for falsettos they have elder price and shakespeare or shakespeare have uh have been together nine or ten months question mark That is very specific. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good names. So thanks, yeah. thanks people for posting these, and thanks also Thank for you. just um, coming up with really stupid titles for shows. Yeah, these <laughs> cr- very creatively stupid titles. Yeah. Uh, if you and if you have a moral high ground, or if you feel conflicted about watching these videos, you can pay for Broadway HD right now. You yes. do a f- free week. Yes. And then pay after that. They have plenty of things. And the National actually now every Thursday is posting a video from their archives. Oh, right. And we keeping were... it up on the channel for a week. Yeah, we want to watch One Man, Two Governors. It is so I've, fun. I've never seen it. Like, oh, it, I highly I've somehow, recommend it. I've somehow never been from, like, never come across that show before. Or, yeah, I, I don't know if I was even here when it was originally here. Yeah. It's what year was that? 2012. 2000... It was right after I graduated oh, no, I, college. I, I, I was here, but... You were here? You might have just been busy. I don't know. Um, I I wasn't here for very long. It was basically here for like a limited four or five months and then peaced out. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is so funny. Yeah, it is, I and it's one of those that. comedies like Noises Off where you have to give it ten or fifteen minutes just because a, the accent work in the show is like it takes a minute to get your ear adjusted to everything because some yeah, of the like some of the words like, are like I don't know what that is. yeah um and it also yeah. like it builds it's like any good comedy especially a slapstick comedy like this one is it takes a few minutes to sort of set the plot in motion so that way everything kind of starts to make sense and and can be humorous but once it gets going yeah. and it gets going pretty quickly it is yeah my god is it funny yeah you gotta make the train before you ride it <laughs> that you have, know what i mean is, yeah you did you come up with that or is that like a thing i did no, it's 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 a thing. I've I've said it before, but like, yeah, like with comedy, you, you have to build the train. You have to make sure you have a steady train so that people trust you, and then they go off on it. Yeah, <laughs> they, you gotta. Then you, they, I would say you gotta stretch the hole before you wreck it. Yeah, yeah, you can. You, yeah, you gotta. You gotta. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, sorry, I I just had to make it dirty. John came up with this wonderful metaphor, and I just made it dirty. Yeah, well, you know, you've lost taste. Finally, yes, I've lost my sense of so. taste. I like finding Neverland now, and I make dirty, dirty jokes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Indubitably, I'm trying to think if there's any other Broadway-related things that people could watch right now. Uh, I, I mean, if you if you know the Aurora Spider Woman YouTube account, he just posted Ugh. the Mega Mix from Six. Wait, did he? He oh, just did. I actually, I don't. Uh, probably right after we talked, I I. People had posted a couple um, Broadway production bootlegs of Six, and so I watched some of them. Mm. Um, and they were. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see this production. Yeah, I I've seen a couple of clips posted, and I watched two numbers. And I really I would like to hold off, but if someone posts a full Broadway bootleg, I will I will watch it, and I will go see it live because I it, that was the musical yes. this season oh, yeah. that I was I'm so excited for. Live. Like Same. that's the thing. People talk about bootlegs, like oh, it's taking away ticket sales, and it's Broadway is a very weird industry when it comes to bootlegs because the people who yes. watch them are probably more likely to buy tickets than anyone else. Um, Correct. Like no one, no one who watches the SpongeBob SquarePants bootleg ten times isn't gonna go see it live if they have the opportunity. Because you, yeah, yeah, you don't watch it yeah. thinking it's replacing the real thing. You watch it because you can't see the real thing. Then when you get the opportunity to, you do it, you know, oh, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was, I was like wearing out that 10th anniversary two part or no, it was two part DVD of Les Mis before my parents got me tickets to see it. Mm. Um, when I was in eighth grade, they actually gave it to me as an Easter present. But I think that year Easter was right around April Fool's. So they made two fake tickets. Um, <laughs> to lay Miz for me and they made this whole big like deal that I was getting this really special Easter gift and so I opened it and it was two fake tickets and I was like haha so funny and then they kept it going for a while and I was really pissed and then eventually they pulled out um, a bunch of tickets and it was my dad and I and then my oldest sister and her husband wanted to go and that was how I saw my first Broadway musical was my family tricked me and then made me feel like shit and then they surprised me and then I saw Les Mis I feel the like that's representative of your York. life now it is. It very, it, it's, it's a very on-the-nose thing for me. Um, disappointment and obsession. Um, disappointment yeah. and obsession. That is how I start most of my relationships. Yeah, I mean, I was just so obsessed with it. And I, I couldn't believe because no one in my family had ever even talked about going to see a Broadway musical before. I 
became obsessed with Les Mis and with that like DVD of the 10th anniversary concert mm-hmm. that like it, I just it didn't even seem possible and so when they got me tickets I literally I, I cried I was so excited it was oh that's so I, lovely yeah I like I did the whole thing like I got the I, I um, donated like 60 or whatever bucks it was so I could get the signed cast um, poster at the end like I was obsessed like but yeah, because that that because that's the kind of person I was. Like like you were saying, like I was watching it because I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't think I had the opportunity. I was like, I'm. I've never been to New York. I can't go by myself. I'm like fourteen, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I was. Um, but yeah, and then I got the opportunity. I went, and then we ended up. My dad and I ended up seeing that same original production of Les Mis like three more times or something like that. Like the first Broadway show I saw, I saw like four times because I didn't want to see anything else but Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. That sounds like a teenager in love with theater to me. Yeah, or a teenager in love with Jean Valjean. It's you know daddy issues. Yeah, Jean Valjean or Angerage. Just so many you know virile Frenchmen oh, yes, belting so belting many. their chests off and and calling it a day. So many men with just huge baguettes <laughs> belting their faces off. Yes, baguettes for the faggots. Yes. Uh, John, any other uh, things you want to touch on before we never speak again? No. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Um, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, if anyone has yeah. any recommendations, please let us know of like what to watch, yes. what to enjoy in this time of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would uh, like to know that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I think we'll just uh, close out today then, if that's all right with you, Jean. Yeah, it sounds perfect with me. Fantastic. Uh, I would like to uh, play us out with some Sada Ramirez, if that's all right with you. <gasps> what a fantastic choice. Thank you so much. I sometimes make good choices. Sometimes, not always. Some, sometimes. It's okay. Sometimes. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. In the meantime, uh, this is Broadway Breakdown. I am Matt. Uh, oh, you're, and I'm your John. <laughs> <laughs> did, wait, did I say I am the Matt? I thought I just said I am Matt. Oh, I, I heard it sounded like you said I'm your Matt, and I was like, oh, oh. that's so personal, personable, oh. and like, or like, it's so personal and so giving. You, you know, we 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 are owned by our audience. Um, yeah, and Th- that's why that probably threw you. I'm not very giving. No, exactly. That was I was like this selfish guy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such a strange persona for Matt to be so kind and generous. Exactly. Well, and I'm John Wascavage. This has been the Broadway Breakdown, and take us away, Beta. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Welcome to my show. I was a hit, now I don't know. I'm with a bunch of British knights, prancing round in woolly tights. I might as well go to the Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.